Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Movie Crush. Chuck here in the studio at Pond City Market with Noel on my left. If you want to picture it in your mind's eye, sort of diagonal left, kitty corner, as we call it here in the South. Uh, this week on the show uh, was, well, it was my first live Movie Crush. And uh, the wonderful and lovely Janet Varney, who was the pilot episode guest, is my good pal. And she curates and co-created Sketchfest in San Francisco, the, for my money, best comedy festival in the land every January. And she said, hey, would you like to do your first movie crush live? And, of course, I was way into it, but a little nervous to, you know, because it was very early on the show to see if I could even sell tickets. And uh, we were at the punchline in San Francisco and ended up getting about 100 people that came out. And for the size of that room, it felt great. And really, really want to thank everyone who came out to see this and support me uh, in my first live endeavor. It means so, so much to me. Uh, to see all the smiling faces out there and uh, talk to everyone before and after. It was just a lot of fun. And Tony Hale, like I said uh, before, is legit the nicest guy I've ever met in the entertainment industry. Uh, we we rode uh, there from the hotel together in the car and hung out backstage and had a, a lot of weird connections, some of which uh, I think we talk about in the show. But um, Tony is just a great, great guy, and it was so lovely to have him on. And his movie crush was Punch Drunk Love. Uh, from P.T. Anderson, uh, just a great, great movie. And here we go, without any further ado, with Tony Hale, live in San Francisco on Punch Drunk Love. Hi, everybody. This is great. I was so nervous that no one was going to come. 
because three weeks ago, nobody was going to come. I sold like 12 tickets, and uh, that was super embarrassing. But uh, hugely appreciate this. As everyone knows, it's a new solo show for me outside of Stuff You Should Know. Um, does everyone here listen to Stuff You Should Know? Is there literally one person here who does not? All right, great. Is anyone coming to Stuff You Should Know tonight? Ooh. Is anyone also going to the Baskets panel that I'm moderating? No? Okay. Baskets is a TV show uh, with Zach Galifianakis. Great show. You should watch it. I just wondered if anyone was literally going to see me do three things today. Uh, and I was going to apologize. Um, and speaking of apologizing, everyone knows that I have tooth issues and I am missing this one. So you here on the front row, uh, there might be air coming your way from the right-hand side. Uh, but thanks for coming. And right now, we might as well get to it. And from Veep and Arrested Development and a host of other things, the great Mr. Tony Hale. There he is. I just realized how weird it is to say the great Mr. Hello. I like it. Let me take off my jacket. Let's get into it. All right. I'm taking off my shirt then. <laughs> yeah. Hello, all. How are you? Good. I feel like we should be doing like a ventriloquism bit. Really? Yeah, like we should have dummies on our laps right now. Sure. So, Tony. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to put this away for now. And by the way, we're going to finish up with a little Q&A at the end. And there is a microphone there, but it's such a small venue. You can just bark out questions if you want after you're called on. This is such a nice venue. Isn't it? It's like the prototypical like, stand-up venue you'd think mm-hmm. of anyways I imagine Guys, if you were... this is the kind of wisdom you're going to get the whole hour. I imagine if you're tall uh, this would be kind of interesting that's true have you ever An done stand-up? hour of this <laughs> did you ever do stand-up no no that um, I've done sketch comedy but stand-up I just think is the most it would seem like the most naked feeling and just right kind of right right now <laughs> like, why would anyone want to do that <laughs> But it's like I, Jim Gaffigan, I'm a huge fan of his stuff. And just like the amount of time he works on bits, and I have a huge admiration for it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe one Guys. day. No. no, no, no. All you do is get on hit TV shows, but you might as well trade that all in. To... <laughs> I can see, though, that it's like a rush to it. Like people get that kind yeah. of and finding it, but they got to workshop it and just... When people, you know, boo them and all that kind of stuff, they just kind of get that thick skin. I don't have that thick skin at all. Just like, why don't you like me? <laughs> like me, that. like me, like me. <laughs> so uh, we were chatting backstage and getting to know each other a little bit. And um, so I know a few of the things I'm going to ask you. So don't think that I have amnesia or that I wasn't listening. No, oh, please. But uh, this is for the benefit of the audience. Uh, but on Movie Crush, we like to start out a little bit with some of your past I know you are a deep encyclopedic film nut. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Mm. No, I'm not. No, I know. Hit backstage, he was saying, by the way, like, I'm not, uh, I hope this isn't like a quiz. This isn't. But it's a, a part of it is my wife makes fun of me, which is the great base of a marriage. But um, <laughs> because uh, I have a hard time uh, disengaging from films. I don't know if anybody else is like that. If it's too emotional or if it's too much, I just can't separate it. 
And yeah. she's like, you're an actor. Like, that doesn't make sense. But there's just something. And I was telling somebody Friday night that even like, I remember what we were, this is not a film, we were watching The Office. And I have, sometimes I have to go to the kitchen because it's too uncomfortable. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, just fire the guy. Just get him. <laughs> just like, just get him out. Um, and it's like, even like Disney movies are really intense, like Tangled. You know, it's like she was abducted from her parents. And then she's put in solitary confinement with a witch. Yeah. You know, it's like, and then like frozen, they're, they die in a boat accident. And then the child is left in her room, in a frozen room forever. And she hasn't seen her sister on the other side of the room. And she's like, will you build a snowman with me? And I'm just like, I can't. I'm done. <laughs> It's just too much. And not to mention, that's like a cartoon. You know, so if it gets too heavy, I just like... Oh, and don't even bring horror. I don't see why anybody wants to watch oh, paranormal activity shit. Uh-uh. No. I'm not playing with that. <laughs> I have a hard time turning off the lights just in general. Yeah, like, let's, let's make a movie that will literally... Not make you want to sleep in your own bed. Yeah. Oh, and the, like, oh God, just gotta get started. Nightmare on Elm Street. Come on. I, I thought those hands were coming up from that bed and just ripped me open. Yeah. I'm your girlfriend now, Nancy. Yeah. Oh. That's the only line terrifying. I remember. And that's that. just so awful and smart at the same time that you think you can get in people's dreams. Uh huh. What a tactic. You know, yeah. that you're terrified to effing go to sleep, man. Uh huh. I don't want to say effing. <laughs> you can bleep that. <laughs> well, we were, we were chatting backstage. My wife is here. Everyone probably knows who Emily is. Um, she will not. And now that we have a kid, we kind of have to watch some of these movies. But before we had Ruby, she was like, I'm not watching any of those animated films because she was ruined by literally by Bambi when she was a kid. Oh, who wouldn't be? Yeah, and she's like, no, nope, can't do it. I think she saw uh, Up. Because that was really good. Oh, yeah. And I know. See the reaction? <laughs> First 10 minutes of that movie. Is there anything sadder it's on like the It's like an old man being flown away by balloons. Who wouldn't watch that? <laughs> but you were, we were talking about Inside Out. And, uh, oh, that's, and that's now I'll watch. Yeah. Because oh, that's one of my top five just films that I love. Because uh -huh. it's like the fact that you know when you embrace sadness and it goes with happiness. It's and, the best. You know, it's the best. Mm -hmm. And it's so smart. Pixar has got that formula, man. Yeah. We, we took uh, Ruby to her first movie ever, actually. We went and saw Coco. Uh, oh, stunning. Have you guys seen that? Maybe the best-looking movie Ooh, I've ever seen in my life. Just beautiful, beautiful. And Emily was worried. She's like, well, she's just going to want to leave, and she's not going to sit still. And I was like, well, if she does, then we'll leave. But yeah. let's give it a shot. Yeah. For 90% of that movie, it was this. Oh, uh, yeah. And the other 10%, she wanted to sit on the stairs. Sure. Great. Which Emily went and sat with her, and that was great. Then she came back. Do they still have those, those, when you can bring your baby to movies where it's like adult? I remember there was like movies where you could bring your child, like adult movies and stuff. Like, not a, not a, not a. <laughs> Mr. Not Hollywood. Uh, sorry. Um, no, like, not animated. I'm, I'm from Atlanta. I'm just a simple guy. No, like, if it was like. I don't know, like Independence Day or something like that. But you right. could, you could. It was like uh, during the day, and you could bring your child. I don't know. Anyways, are, do those still exist? I don't know, but I love that they Independence do. Day was the first thing that came <laughs> to your head. It just seems like a lot for a child. <laughs> okay, so you were born though in uh, Florida, correct, or just grew up in Florida? I grew up in Florida. I was born in West Point, New York. Okay, 
My dad taught nuclear physics at West Point. Went Whoa. to West Point and then taught nuclear physics and birthed me. <laughs> my wife, my mother. Um, and then, so I was born there, and then we traveled around. I was an army brat for a long time. Gotcha. And then in seventh grade, we moved to Tallahassee, Florida, mm-hmm. and that's where I mainly grew up. Okay, so that was your kind of early formative high school years. Yeah. Tallahassee. Yes. Through graduation. Yeah, and I was very new to the South. Mm-hmm. I was not a kid who was into sports and stuff, so it was like, it was a big adjustment. But my parents found this theater company called mm-hmm. Young Actors Theater, and that's what it was. I, was, I could be a spaz there, and it was great. <laughs> uh, so your parents were into, were they actors at all? or No, but my, my, my dad was not, my mom was, she was, no, neither one of them really were on the other, but my grandfather, my mm-hmm. dad's dad, was an opera singer, and he also, um, he died very young, but he was he would MC those Earl like those shows in New York, those variety shows like Earl Carroll Follies and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. And randomly, at some point, when um, he worked with Vincent Minnelli back in New York, and it's cool that Liza Minnelli and I on Arrested Development were like, oh yeah, boyfriend and girlfriend. That's <laughs> one of the more disturbing subplots <laughs> of that you show. You say disturbing, <laughs> I say amazing. I forgot about that. Yeah, and so there was a weird like connection. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And how awesome like is it for you to have gotten these two like iconic characters on two of the best comedies of the past you know decade? Uh, it's, you know? Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, the the uh, we were we've been shooting the new uh, season of Arrested, mm-hmm. and um, oh, that's right. Great. And um, it's been, we started in 2003. It's been uh, 15 years that we've been, this kind of journey has gone on. Everyone just and wants Buster's more. just as messed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really fun. And Mitch Hurwitz, you know, who created the show, is the guy, what the, the, the grid, the comic grid he has in his head of how this mm-hmm. all works out. Something happened this past season, which I can't share, but I was like, what? It was such a surprise, and then he kind of played it where he had known how the grid worked from years ago. And wow. I remember when my hand was bitten off a seat with a spice seal, yeah, which is the typical storyline, along with Liza Minnelli. Um, and um, I, I remember I didn't know it was going to come off, and then but you know episodes before Buster had like a hand chair uh-huh. and like all these symbols. And I remember thinking, "Well, oh, that's cute. He has a hand chair. That's sweet." And there's all these hand references, you know. And then that came off. <laughs> Such a good show. Uh, and I've heard that he's just some like crazy genius. Like, he really, real. It's really one of those things where you... Because I think the word genius is kind of thrown around mm-hmm. a lot. I get it so much. <laughs> um, no. But it's like uh, he really has that kind of touch of genius where things uh-huh. just come out and you're like, whoa. I remember one time... I've told this story before, but I, uh, he, we were kind of talking about storylines, and I remember, th- I remember going up to him being like, yeah, wouldn't it be funny if like, B- Buster was like on Dancing with the Stars or something like that? He's like, yeah, but I think I'm going to have a seal bite off his hand. <laughs> and I was like, that's better. <laughs> and even the thing of like Lu- a Lucille cut off his hand, and my mom's name is Lucille. And yeah. All that kind of stuff. Oh, it's just like, I never put that together. Yeah, it's just so all those little things that were really – and at the time, we didn't have DVR or – yeah. Anything, and so you couldn't really rewind, and so, but right. you just, it was so dense what he created. Yeah, and well, and now Veep. Speaking of dense, when we were talking backstage, um, Veep is for my money the best written show on TV, and I was telling him that that's a show that I will rewatch episodes sometimes because I easily miss thirty percent of the jokes. I do too. It's, uh, 
I, don't, I mean, what's the old rule with comedy? Like, how many jokes per page? Um, I don't know. It, <laughs> I can't remember. So many jokes per page, but I feel it's like... the exact Veep guess you want of a is, question. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like Veep has, like, five times the it amount does. of jokes per page. And they're just super smart. And yeah. Thankfully, I, my character doesn't really have to know about politics. He's just obsessed with her, like, uh-huh. what her shade of lipstick is that day. And right. That's you all have to I know about, about hot tea. And, uh, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Very good with tea. <laughs> But, you know, it's, and I, it's fun playing a character because it's, you know, they're just so, these writers work so incredibly hard. But I love that I, I was described, my character was described as a bitchy mime this past season. <laughs> and it's true because I can't speak. So yeah. I just kind of give these, I like give all these crazy facial expressions yeah, behind it's her. The best. And she, it's weird because she, as the president at the time, many, whatever she was in the journey, there's things she can't say, uh-huh. but like my nonverbal is like if she's talking to somebody she doesn't like, and she's like, "Oh, nice to meet you." I'm in the back going, "Ooh." Yeah. There's there's a lot of Charlie Chaplin in that uh, role. I feel I like I love that. You know, thanks. Because you're you're right. There's a lot of um, you know stumbling into something and oh, I got to get back out of yes. here. And did she see me do this? And yeah, yeah, but, yeah. And it's all nonverbal. And he so has no identity great. outside of her. You know. Yeah. If, and it, he hates. Being taller than her. Like, if he could cut off right. like, three feet just to be below her. He's probably considered that, I get the feeling, you know? Yeah, and it's, uh, my posture has gotten so bad because I'm, I'm so, uh, I, Gary so wants to be below her, you know? Yeah. Uh, is he in love with her? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it, it feels like that, but it also feels like it, it's, he also wants her to be mommy. To- all and, and maybe that's yeah okay yeah all of it. There's probably some a lot of pictures with strings, psycho killer thing uh-huh. at his apartment. <laughs> right, Doctor yeah. Freud is yeah, totally. nearby. Yeah, right, that's what I thought. Um, what about movies when you were growing up? Uh, were you in theater as a kid? Were you watching movies? Were you? I mainly was in. I mainly did a lot of theater through this theater company. But I was thinking about that because we, when you kind of were talking about this and kind of growing up, <clears throat> and the movie. That I always remember is Goonies for some reason. Sure. Goonies, and I was kind of thinking about it and looking it up and stuff, and it came out in 1985, mm-hmm. and that's the time that I was a freshman in high school. Yeah. Um, I had really bad asthma, like Mikey, the lead. Uh-huh. He always carried around his inhaler, and I had never seen an inhaler right. in film, and I was just like, <gasps> <laughs> my people. Yeah. And it's just like there's just I just resonated with and just the fact that you know our imagination as a kid you just the thought of like the treasure map and finding the treasure map behind the picture and the mm-hmm. attic and and that chase and you know sloth and just like all that kind of stuff and then him going down the slide and there's you know the big boat and you're just like what yeah. that is that's a fantasy. That is like the fantasy. Playing a piano that's made of bones. You know, it's like, that's, that's not, fantasy. wasn't my fantasy. <laughs> but it was just like all this, I don't know, it was just, I, I, that's one stuck with me. Not many stuck with me. Yeah. But that one really stuck with me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, because I think we're almost the exact same age, right? Yeah. Uh, so to be... Did you graduate 88? 89. Oh, okay. So to be 13, 14 years old when The Goonies comes out, it's very easy to go to that place where... You are a Goonie, yeah, because it was such a like great kids' adventure mm-hmm. and had that great heart and spirit to it. And, uh, and I think I resonated too because Mikey had an older that older brother Josh Brolin, sure, and I had an older brother who was like the jock. All, oh, all really? The, all the girls were just like Mike, 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 and I was. I remember in high school, 
I so des when I got to high school, I so desperately wanted people to know that he was my brother. Uh-huh. I would when he was like with a group of girls or the popular kids, I'd go up to him and be like, "Hey, Mike, Mom wanted me to right. carry this pencil." <laughs> This pencil. Yeah, and yeah. he was just like, oh, shut up. And then, the, not kidding, the next day I'd come up and be like, did you get your lunch from mom? <laughs> I was just so like, see, I'm with him. Uh huh. You know, how much older is he? He's four years older. Yeah, so that's pretty significant. Yeah, my yeah. brother's three years older, and everyone that listens to stuff you should know knows the legend of my brother. He's uh, just sort of one of these super smart, great looking, perfect. Mm. Hair, perfect everything, right. metabolism of a child, and uh, and then came me. Sure. And uh, my parents are very sweet and accepting of who I turned out to be. But now, my brother makes the joke now that he's Frank Stallone. Yeah. Uh, because of the success of stuff you should know. He's like, yeah, I always knew it was going to flip one day. So. <laughs> anyway, Scott's the best. But yeah, it's kind of to have that older brother that you idolize, um, and, and we're still so close. Yeah, we uh, were not close growing up. Oh, was he? We're very, very close now, but right. we were not close. He was a big soccer player, and I, my dad tried to coach soccer, and I would like make sandcastles in the ground, <laughs> like the the ball would come, and I would just be That's staring at the clouds. <laughs> You know, and he was just like, Anthony, I was Anthony, he was like, get in there and play. And I was just like, I was just so not, there was so much else to look at. Yeah. <laughs> but my brother was like really into it and stuff. Uh-huh. It's funny. I remember I played church softball growing up uh, as a good Southern Baptist boy does. Sure. I was raised Southern Baptist too. Well, that's right. We, we bonded over this backstage. Yep. Um, and I remember very specifically, there was this one kid at my church who didn't live there long, but he, I looked out at one point, and he was doing, he was doing the, the Anthony Hale. Yeah. He was literally on his Crying. knees. Crying? <laughs> no, he's playing in the dirt during the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, completely not watching. I remember the coaches yelling at him. Oh. And I was a, I was a sensitive kid. Sure. Uh, and sensitive to other, and I'm still very sensitive to not only myself, but to everyone else's needs yeah, around sure, me. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And I remember feeling so bad for that kid. Oh, yeah. To be singled out like that and embarrassed. But I don't think he cared, actually, now that I look back. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I told this story Friday night, too, at this other thing. I, I remember being in a, a swim meet, and uh, I was, it was during the meet, and my dad said I just stopped, and it was with a pool where you could stand up. And I stood up, <laughs> and everybody was swimming around me, and he said, my dad goes, um, he looked at me and was like, keep going. And he said I had this face that was like, why? I'm exhausted. <laughs> It's like, does everyone know you can stand? Yeah, I was like, I don't get this. It's like totally not deep why, right why? here, everyone. A question, why are we here? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, we, we took our kid to our very, very first little swim class the other day. Oh, it's so, kinda, so, and yours is two and a half. Yeah, yeah. Mine's 12. She's getting so She's big. She's swimming laps around your kid. Oh, no. <laughs> But she, I can't believe how big they get. <laughs> I know, I know. It's very sad. Uh, so, were you on? Oh, the air conditioning just came on. That feels good, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, any other siblings? I have a, my older sister. I have an older sister, oldest sister, uh-huh. and Kim, who's a social worker in Raleigh. Oh, cool. And she's the best. They're both just the best. I love yeah, them. isn't it fun when you get to be adults? And I mean, mm. we all got along when we were younger, but I know other. Uh, friends that like they didn't get along or they just weren't close Mm -hmm. then you get to be adults and you realize hey 
And it's just growing up is just odd. It's just odd. And my brother and I were very different. My sister and I were more alike, but there was such a big age gap, so we didn't really hang out that much. But we're all very, very close now. Now, do they? Are they um, obviously proud of you? But are they like, what has happened here? Uh, Or do they think, oh, that makes sense? uh, I don't. I don't know if it ever that makes sense. I mean, it's. It's. I think. Yeah, they're very, very proud, and I think it's fun to like. Like. My sister came to the Emmys this past fall with me, and it's That's like, great. and my brother and her, his wife came two years ago. Just it was just just stuff like it's fun to get have them experience it. You yeah, know, I, I love that stuff. That's cool. Or maybe she came last year sometime, but it was fun. That's great. Uh, were you, I mean, did you watch like family movies together, or was your brother out, <laughs> you know, making out with chicks while you were um, probably watching the Coonies by yourself uh, with your asthma inhaler? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sure we did. Uh-huh. Well, you said you have a bad memory, so that's I okay. really have a very bad memory, and it, it's. But I was. I, th- I mean, it was just moving around so much. I just mm. as a kid, I just checked out. But um, but also, I. I mean, I don't know if I was really into them. I don't. I, did, I don't remember. I remember going. I remember watching. If we were doing like Greece in the theater, we would watch Greece yeah. as a cast. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, I remember that. (laughs) God, guys, you are you're welcome. (laughs) Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without painful finger sticks. So you will always know which way your glucose is headed. An arrow shows you where you're heading, up, down, or steady. It can even alert you before you go too low or when you're too high. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM available, you can make better diabetes decisions about food, medication, and activity in the moment. And all those little decisions can lead to big results. Results you can see, like more time and range and lower A1C. With Dexcom G7, you can manage your diabetes with confidence. Get started with the number one recommended CGM brand by doctors and patients at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. 
If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. But even today, I mean, it's, I think the the movies that I, well, I guess we'll get to this, but the ones no, that- say it. Like say it. Like, <laughs> like Punch Drunk Love is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Is my absolute favorite movie. And Lars and the Real Girl is another one of my favorite movies. Yeah, you said and that I, one as a backup. That's and there's great. just like I don't know. I there's there's certain ones that I really really resonate with. I haven't seen Lady Bird yet. I really want to see Lady Bird. I don't know. So great. There's certain movies, but then other ones. I'm just I can't. I don't know if I can. If it's just something about trauma, I don't know. I just can't watch mm-hmm. it. And then, good lord, kids in trauma, forget about it. I can't oh, even do that. Yeah, why do mm-hmm. they even make those movies? Uh. Um, yeah, Later Bird's terrific. You should see that. But Lars and the Real Goat's funny. You brought that up. That um, I was thinking about that movie the other day, and what uh, I don't know how that was pitched to a studio or whatever. Yeah. But I can't imagine. It's saying, about a blow-up doll. Yeah, I can't imagine saying that out loud and then saying, "But it's really a sweet love yeah, yeah, story." Yeah. Yeah. About a guy in a blow-up doll that, yeah. that's really not at all creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not. It's a very it's not. sweet story. And it's such a powerful message about false intimacy and, and true intimacy. Mm-hmm. And it's like he was so isolated and had no idea of true intimacy. And so he gets this doll because everybody needs connection. Everybody yeah. needs – and then it will either turn to false or true. And because of his family and the community embracing this doll and he saw this true intimacy – you, then the doll died, you know, and yeah. like I, there was a beautiful scene when the doll he has to put the doll to death or, or to the, and the community is in his living room just knitting just to be in his presence. Mm-hmm. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just a beautiful film. And, and somehow they even they get get away with casting Ryan Gosling for God's sake, and he did great as the least likely dude to need yeah. a blow up doll. <laughs> But you buy it from the beginning. He really just like yeah. inhabited that character. <laughs> I would not have thought. Well, Cut to he has like ten yeah. blood dolls at his house. We <laughs> cast the most handsome guy in Hollywood. And uh, Craig Galipsy directed I, Tonya, the same director. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I haven't yeah. seen that yet. I've heard it's really good. I haven't seen it yet either. Spoiler, I think there's an incident with a knee <laughs> and a crowbar. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they shot that in Atlanta, actually. Did they? Yeah. I love me some Allison Janney. Yeah, she oh, she's the best. Um, she was on Veep. She played oh, the right. uh, the morning news anchor or something uh-huh. in one of the episodes. She's so great. All right, we'll get into Punch Drunk Love then. All right, great. That is a movie you do know, right? Yes, <laughs> I do. Uh, I do. So, I do. Uh, has everyone seen Punch Drunk Love? Did you do your homework? Okay, good. Uh, Two thousand two. It's hard to believe it's that old. It um, is hard to believe. You know, mm-hmm. it makes me well. <clears throat> that and this Santa Claus beard both make me feel old. Uh, P.T. Anderson obviously wrote and directed, starring uh, Adam Sandler, and what was his kind of first foray into drama? N- yeah, non-Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, which um, I don't know if you've seen the Meyerowitz stories yet. On no, Netflix. with Dustin Hoffman. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet. Is it's, Ben Stiller in that too? Yeah, yeah, and it's so good. And uh, it sort of has anyone else seen that Meyerowitz stories? Oh, you should check that out. It's a new Noah Baumbach movie. Very good. But his character in that, Adam Sandler's, sort of feels like um, Barry Egan just mm. years later. Mm-hmm. And when I see that movie and I see this, I just think, why would Adam Sandler do anything else? 
but play these dramatic roles that he's great in. Mm-hmm. Is uh, it a film or is it? I thought it was like a. No, it's so, a mo- yeah, it's, it's just a movie. A movie. Oh, okay. Um, and I know the answer is uh, Cold Hard Cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Adam Sandler movies provide. Sure. So I get that. But um, also, I've so heard that he makes his sets are very, very family oriented. I've heard that too. That he, I think I, I, I might be speaking. I don't know, but it's like he has like kid camps while the crew is shooting that the crew's kids can go to. That's great. Uh, I think that might be true. He shows adult movies. I'm like to children. Out angel stories. <laughs> Um, now, are you a, a big uh, Paul Thomas Anderson fan in general? Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, yeah, Magnolia, I love as well. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, but there's something about Punch Drunk Love that just, ooh, just resonated. I just, mm-hmm. I loved his uh, Barry's character and just the way it was so shot, so, shot so beautiful. The the seven sisters and, I mean, it, we'll get into it. But I just, I, I don't know, I really loved it. Yeah, it was. Um, it was after uh, his first movie, Hard Eight, which was a very you know, P.T. Anderson is not a light guy. <laughs> so he makes that. He makes Boogie Nights. He makes but Magnolia. He, uh, the heart within his. I mean, oh, yeah, he's, he's not for light, sure. but like, man, he pushes some heart out in the yeah. story. Yeah, in all of them. And um, But after those long, dense, kind of heavy movies, I remember when this came out. And he, I think on the press tours for Magnolia, they said, you know, what's next? And he very famously would say, like, I want to do an Adam Sandler comedy. And everyone laughed. Mm. And what did he do? He went and he calls it his Adam Sandler art house film. Mm. And he was very serious about doing that. And he and he did so to the effect of a, a 97-minute long uh, love story that's mm-hmm. just so, so sweet. And it was such, a, I think, a, a breath of fresh air for himself mm-hmm. as a filmmaker from what I've read. It was something he really needed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to sort of have something a lighter for a change. I did. I, when I saw it, I just have. I did never seen anything like it. Yeah. Because now with there's a lot of films that you know very quirky and but at the time it was just like I just never had seen that. Yeah. Um, the one of the there's a moment in the movie that is just for you know how he starts very isolated and and this love comes into his life and he just transforms and there's that moment when he's sitting with Emily Watson. They're driving in the car, and then the bad the the gang that Philip Seymour Hoffman sends to beat him up or <laughs> yeah, something. The weird gang from the yeah. mattress company. Yeah, the mattress company. <laughs> and he, I guess, I think they they push him. There's a wreck or something, but he looks over at Emily Watson, has a cut on his face, and he takes a crowbar and just yeah. goes off on them. Yeah. And it was, and just seeing that transition from how he was so meek, even with his all of his sisters and his family, mm-hmm. and then just when that love came into his life, he was just like, "Don't mess with her." Yeah, and just lost it. Yeah, that, that's know? one of the great theater like, Whoa! yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know? those dudes. Like, and then he those stood, guys up, up. stood up to him to Philip Seymour Hoffman in the end. He's like, "I have a love in my life that's uh-huh. so much greater than you will ever know." Yeah, it's like, oh. <laughs> I know, it's so great. Roger Ebert, in his review, was talking about how much he loved the fact that you don't know what's going to happen next in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And that scene where he confronts uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is so, like, you know he's so angry in his life, period, because he's smashing windows and sliding glass doors. Yeah. And he has all this pent-up rage and anxiety from who knows what in his life, aside from his vulgar, overbearing sisters. Sure. Um, But I remember when he... (laughs) <laughs> that moment, the first time I saw it, when he confronts Philip Seymour Hoffman, like Philip Seymour Hoffman's scared of him. Yeah, and Philip Seymour Hoffman was scary. He was very scary, and yeah. he tried to out tough him, but he knew. And and even when he goes to walk out of the mattress uh, warehouse, he kind of 
says, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman yells one more thing. And he turns right back around. And he starts around. back, and yeah. he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great he had that love in him that was greater than anything. Of, he's, yeah. Guys, I'm all preach. <laughs> uh, so let's talk for a second about just the um, the 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 color and the mm. visual and the mm-hmm. music from John Bryan. It was really like an exercise, I think, in 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 shadow and light and color and sound, like more was, so than many movies I see. I also in transitions there was like these bars of color yeah. that would kind of go across. Have you heard of the the whole Superman theory with it? No. Um, okay, so. Um, oh. Um, so uh, this, my friend Daryl recently uh, told me this, <clears throat> and um, and the whole because I've kind of looked into it because I knew I was uh, going to be coming here, and people talk about I don't know if this is true because I'm clearly throwing out a lot of theories tonight, um, but that it was a Superman version of if you notice like little things where he's 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 wearing he always he starts off always wearing a blue suit blue tie right love comes into his life emily watson who only wears red all mm-hmm. the time and then when she comes in he starts wearing a red tie and then there's the shot in the very end when he she goes she she covers him and she says here we go like um lois lane and superman did in the end and she's kind of his cape and her initials oh. are ll um, Lee, I forgot her name. The Emily Watson character, Lee, uh, Lena something, but it's yeah, LL. I can't remember her last name. And there's all these kind of like him, like there's a him flying jump, but it's also in the beginning. Uh, the the plungers were kind of like this glass thing, which was very reminiscent to Superman's home base when these kind of okay. all these crystals and stuff. And there's all there's just all of these like theories of like it's his version wow. of Superman. Yeah. And That's it's like, and good. when uh, a strength, the, the supernatural strength that he had, where he uh-huh. would just start bashing the windows, right? And then when he when he's holding the glass plunger, he says, "These just cannot, these cannot break." And he goes, yeah. "Push," and it breaks. But it's because of he has the supernatural strength, like Superman. <laughs> That's pretty great. Pretty great, right? Yeah. I never even thought about that. I didn't either. That's awesome. Uh, and then, of course, you know, red, white, and blue are the three primary colors yeah. that he uses. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, the se- the seven sisters, there's a lot of um, green of kind of, yes. of of kind of the whole kryptonite thing. Oh, um, like there's a, there's a, there's the, when there's there's a shot of them in the house again. I, I hope Paul Thomas Anderson is not listening to this and being like, nope. <laughs> Paul Thomas nope. Anderson is not listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that's a negative, <laughs> um, but there is this shot of all the three sisters, and there's like this big green square in the back, and then um, oh, I forgot her name, Mary Wren. Yeah, Mary, Mary Lynn, Lynn. I don't know how you pronounce it. She's wearing a green shirt. I mean, it's like this whole kind of how toxic they were to him, uh-huh. you know. But Emily Watson, man, the love and the strength yeah, that the came savior. into his life. Oh, and then when the aha. Uh-huh, when the the car um, uh, came, the car wreck in the beginning, yeah, that, was, uh, um, that was reminiscent of him, Superman, as a baby coming into the earth, uh-huh. and then dropped, and the piano just dropped, and it became this, you know, this home space for him. Or wow! Like yeah, <clears throat> guys, <laughs> Tony Hale blowing minds. No, that's my friend, this Daryl guy. I actually met him uh, two days ago at Sketchfest. Tony's new friend, Daryl blowing minds. I'm not kidding. He was kind enough to drive me from the airport, and we were talking about this. Yes. 
and he's the sweetest guy. And he was like, well, you've heard of the Superman theory. And I was like, no. And then wow. I went on this like research thing. And so it's all about Daryl, sweet little man who drove me from the airport. Well, Tony, Daryl was a plant. <laughs> oh. It's funny, the guy who uh, Sketchfest has drivers that kind of drive everyone to and fro. And our driver on the way here... Um, Doug was pretty great. Very nice. And uh, he's, he's a stuff you Burning should, Man. Yeah, he's a stuff you should know, listener. And brought up the Burning Man episode, and the rest of the ride was about Burning Man. There was a lot of Burning Man, and he was talking about. He was very into it, which I really admire and stuff. And then he says, "Oh my gosh, would you ever like to do this?" And I was like, "Absolutely not." It sounds he awful. Did. You were being so sweet the whole ride. Just asking, and then he literally said, oh, you should go. And you went, oh, I'd never do that. That sounds terrible. It's just like, there's just no... He, you, could, you wounded him a bit. Oh, I know, and I felt bad. Yeah. But I'm not ever doing yeah. that. It's just tremendous crowds, uh-huh. which is just it like sounds my awful. nightmare. Dust A lot everywhere. of dust, no yeah. water. Yeah. It's just, Are there any burners here? I'm sure there are, and I apologize. Uh, yes, sir. So sorry. It's, it's you can't worst, recognize anybody because everybody's in costume. Large fire, man burning. Actually, I know he's middle. talking about people dying every year. I know there's like, like people dying. Oh, this sounds great. I'm I'm signing up. <laughs> no running water, no electricity, <laughs> possible but, death. Yeah, sure. Um, all right, where were we here? <laughs> uh, oh, okay, so the very first shot in this movie is when the car flips, and then just in a very P.T. Anderson random way, that harmonium, the mm-hmm. pump organ, is dropped off. Yeah, the guy gets out of there. And then it's pretty clear that that harmonium literally is harmony for him. Mm-hmm. And that there are many shots in the movie where he's either hugging it mm. or he runs back into the office and is just kind of like has yeah. his arm on it. Yeah. And it becomes this weird whoopee yeah. in certain ways. Yeah. And I, I think I, I, what I love about that is this is how I – so I think why I resonated with it is because you look at it and the whole time you're confused. What's up with the piano being dropped off? Who dropped off the piano? What's mm-hmm. happening? But the fact that it was comforting, and as a spiritual person, I I, I embrace the unknown a lot. Right. Like I, 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 there's many questions about faith. There's many. There's there's so many questions. There's we don't have answers to so many things. You can't see God. You mm-hmm. can't. But and yet I go to him, and I and I and and like even you look like an ocean. It's so daunting, but like it's very peaceful at the same time. So yeah. it's like there was something about that that I really loved. That's nice. Um, and I'm gonna preach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the 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 weird um, subplot of the uh, healthy choice pudding cups. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the air miles, the sky miles. Another Superman thing, really? Because the flying thing. <laughs> You're intimidating me right now. <laughs> Your finger was so he, close to my he, face. <laughs> I did this like promo once where I was talking and I was like pointing because it was to raise money for something. I was like, "You need to do this," and, or not? I was kind about it, but I was like, "Oh yeah, and this is do it, do it." And then I saw it and I was, "Damn, I did a lot of pointing, and that's just going to push people away." I understand now why they do like a thumb, whatever. So, the flying. What's the thumb thing? No, oh, like, like the Bill Clinton? Yeah, they do that rather than that. Gotcha. Because it's this is like direct and mean, and, and then they do that, which is kind of, it takes off the edge. <laughs> but the flying thing, because <laughs> yeah. that had to do with the whole Superman and him flying, and he would go places um, where there was uh, the one trip that he took by himself, no luggage, like Superman did, just went uh-huh. with no, he didn't carry anything. Yep. He just flew somewhere. He just had his blue suit. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so did you know that's a true story with the pudding cups? 
Yeah, there was a dude, uh, P.T. Anderson got that from real life. There was a guy, uh, I can't find his name, doesn't really matter, um, that in real life figured out that there was a Healthy Choice promo for Sky Miles, and he figured out that putting cups you could get for 25 cents a piece, cash them in, and it exceeded the value of what he would pay. So Time Magazine wrote articles about him, Washington Post. He he literally spent $3,000 to get um, like 1.2 million air miles. Wow. And did the rounds on talk shows. And Paul Thomas Anderson saw this and was like, that's a great little subplot for a movie. Wow. Yeah, so it really happened. and um, That's a lot of miles. That is a lot of miles. And he's still flying on those. I read an article from like last year. Really? Yeah, because the way, I don't know how that stuff works, but he's still like cashing in on those miles with his like lifetime diamond status. Wow. <laughs> he gamed the system um, legally. And uh, <laughs> very important. And uh, donated. Here's the, here's the great news to that. He he could not uh, because if he donated, uh, I'm sorry, if he got the pudding cups in in one month, they would double it. But he didn't have the time to do it all. So he got volunteers from the Salvation Army to get these barcodes loose from the pudding cups. And then he donated all the pudding to the Salvation Army, and then got to write that shit off on his taxes. <laughs> I was about to say, if he got the Salvation Army to do all that, and it was like, and I got it 1.2 miles. It's like, what's the Salvation Army getting out of that? Pudding. Pudding. Yeah. <laughs> Win-win? I don't know. Uh, so anyway, the, I, I was kind of blown away that that was actually a real thing. Yeah. But in the movie, these pudding cups kind of become an obsession and mm-hmm. clearly like sort of his salvation mm. of this thing that he has, that like this one thing he can control is this loophole that he finds. And, of course, that ends up uh, leading him going to Hawaii mm-hmm. to chase down this this woman. Chase down, that sounds really bad, because it's a very sweet thing that he did. Yeah. But, you know, go after his love in Hawaii, mm-hmm. which is very sweet. Yeah, and I, I, just that kind of, but the kind of person, the whole, speaking of control, that kind of personality that just everything with his sisters and everything was so kind of crazy, and it was yeah. like, but I can hone in on this. Uh-huh. You know, he just kind of got like, this seems like I can kind of, not manipulate, but I can put my focus here. Right. When everything else seems to be falling apart. Yeah, and his sisters, um, the, the, the actress that I can't There's also that theory of like the seven sisters of seven deadly sins. Oh. If that has something to do with it. Again, is that from Daryl? Thomas Anderson is like, shut your face, Al. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the sisters are voiced all by the one actress, actually, because uh, of all the phone messages. But then oh, the, yeah. in, when you see them, they're obviously different actresses. Mm-hmm. But they were just such assholes to him. And I felt so bad that they would oh, just berate scene. him. I know in that scene, uh, um, uh, Smigel, who played yeah. uh, the, the, his brother-in-law, when he's in the, I guess, the laundry room or something. Yeah, like after that. he bashes in the window, uh, the yeah, uh, sliding glass doors. Yeah, and there's and the guy's like, was he a therapist? Was, he's a dentist. A dentist, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Which is a funny joke. <laughs> oh, that's right, that's right. And so he takes him in the laundry room, and, you know, just that moment, you're just like, oh, I get it, dude. You're just being beat up, and he just breaks. Yeah. And just falls apart. And then yeah, Smigel's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do here. Yeah, and, and, well, and he clearly needs therapy. Oh, yeah. For years, had needed therapy. Yeah. And he's the one guy, he's like, you know, I can make some calls and find you someone. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really kind of easy yeah, to yeah, get yeah. a therapist. Yeah. But I think everyone sort of relates to Barry a little bit oh yeah on certain days you know yeah I just I just I was just such a fan of and again it, maybe it kind of goes back to 
you know, being the asthmatic kid in Goonies where he's all of a sudden has just becomes this hero in the yeah. very end. And just always that transition of like starting off kind of defeated and isolated, but then when that love came in, he just transformed. It's pretty great. Yeah. And he, and he goes to Hawaii uh, to, because uh, she basically invites him. She's mm-hmm. like, you know, if you're going to go anyway. Mm-hmm. And he, he's on the phone with her with, with that parade going by. Uh, well, actually, he's on the phone with his sister. Mm-hmm. Trying to find out what hotel, and that's when he finally snaps with the sister. It's like I will fucking kill you! Yeah. Like, give me her hotel. Yes, yes. And he yes, finally yeah. loses it and like takes control mm-hmm. against these sisters who, uh, these oppressive, vulgar sisters who've mm-hmm. just been keeping him down. Yeah. And you don't know the family dynamic there at all, other than uh, you get the feeling that they've just been on Barry's ass his entire life. Oh yeah, and I that also that kind of the the contrast of the passion that he showed getting her information or mm-hmm. number compared to when he's with her and it's just like still awkward and it's he still yeah. doesn't know you know it's like that kind of like i want it i want it i want it and then I, he's in front of it and he's like ah, i don't I'm, this right. is very new and it's such yeah. a contrast from that you know anyways uh and there's two great uh kiss scenes the first kiss and the second kiss uh, the first one where he leaves after their first date he walks it's so so wonderful he he walks down the hall from her apartment and as he's passing the apartment office the lady says are you Barry I'm like there's a phone call for you mm-hmm. and it's her saying you know I didn't I wanted to kiss you or something mm-hmm. and then he can't find her apartment yeah. and he's running around looking for it and it's this maze of long hallways with exit signs yeah. and apparently th- those are all white and that's where white factors in is his like loss of right <laughs> Daryl. Superman. <laughs> if you remember where he was no, thumb. born. Thumb. <laughs> remember he was born in an all-white. Yeah. There was all that white. Guys, Fortress of Solitude. I'm reaching now. Uh-huh. But. Uh, so he runs back, and they have that great first kiss. And um, it's it's not even sexual. It's because they, they kiss, and then she just hugs him like, uh, I don't want to make it creepy and say like a mom hugs her son, but it's a, it's a comfort, yeah. you know? Well, it's that iso- being isolated and then finally finding connection. Yeah, and she gets it. You know, yeah. she gets him. Yeah. Uh, and then the second one, of the, to me, the favorite moment of the movie for me was um, when they kiss in Hawaii. And there's that great shot where they come together with the blue ocean behind them. Mm. And uh, they're in silhouette. And Paul Thomas Anderson sends this rush of uh, extras crossing in front of them and behind them, like mm-hmm. dozens and dozens of people. And then it's with the music, and then they all fade away, and it just shows those two, and their foreheads touch, and in between them, uh, the light forms a heart. And it's just such a, like, there are no accidents in this movie, uh, cinematically. Like, and because it's P.T. Anderson, everything is just designed within an inch of its life, from that first shot where it shows that weird desk all by itself in that huge warehouse in the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all, just, all that negative space. Yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. It's just There's that also that, uh, speaking of just kind of the, the thought he put into it, when he's going through the grocery store, this is uh-huh. another thing on this thing I watch, and she's um, kind of vaguely, there's this red figure that's kind of walking. That's her. That's her. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like, but he looks back, but the fact that she's kind of coming into his life, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. That's great. And he does that just sweet little dance when he's collecting on the pudding cups with yes. uh, Louis Guzman, the great Louis Guzman, mm-hmm. who should be like in every movie ever. Uh, and then at the end, uh, that, that car crash that you were talking about where mm-hmm. she has the blood and he kicks the shit out of those brothers. Really does. 
because you know everyone knows that weird subplot with the there's the subplot of the pudding cups and the sky miles, and then this phone sex line that he calls. Yeah, and just the irritation. Yeah, and knowing him, this is what Paul Thomas Anderson did so well too. Knowing how defeated he'd already had been, Mm -hmm. and just how isolated, and then somebody else taking advantage of that. Right, and you're just like, no, 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 not this guy, Uh not this guy. Yeah, you know, and he's just trapped. Uh huh. It's like we want Barry to feel good. Yeah, and he just is over his head uh, with all this stuff. Mm. Um, but you know, the crowbar took care of that in a good way. Uh, and then finally, at the very end, he goes to her in that final scene in the shop. Like you said, he's he's playing that harmonium. She comes up behind him and and hugs him from behind and says, uh, "Here we go." And it's just such and a she sweet. She became moment. his cape. That's right. <laughs> and he's he, Superman. <laughs> such a lovely movie, and just so like I said, ninety-seven minutes long, and it's not like there's not a wasted word in it, not a wasted mm-hmm. shot. It's just also purposeful and lovely. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, all right, so we end, uh, and we're going to have Q&A after, but we end Movie Crush, as you all know, with a couple of quick segments, uh, one called What Ebert Said, because mm-hmm. I always like to go back and see what the great Roger Ebert thought of these movies. Uh, he gave it three and a half stars out of four. You can ask what the half star was for. But what did he, I'm curious <laughs> what he said. Did you see what he said? He loved it. So this is one uh, pull quote. Uh, Punch drunk why didn't he give it four stars? <laughs> this is what he pulled. Um, he doesn't say, obviously. I guess he just thought it wasn't perfect. Come on. Uh, Punch Drunk Love is above all a portrait of a personality type. Uh, Barry Egan has been damaged, perhaps beyond repair, by what he sees as the depredations of his domineering sisters. It drives him crazy when people nose into his business. He cannot stand to be trifled with. His world is entered by alarming omens and situations that baffle him. The character is vividly seen and the film sympathizes with him in his extremity. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, and I love that he, I love that he's irritated by people coming into his life, but then she, just that surprise, he didn't know what he needed. Right. You know? And I always get the picture, uh, a lot of times I do this with movies, I try to imagine what happens after, and um, I think they are still happily living ever after, you know? Yeah, my world. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Or she becomes abusive and manipulative. She's the, <laughs> she's the angel without hands that went to right. my friends. Yeah, so guys, I got a whole story in my head. <laughs> All right, and then uh, five questions with Tony Hale. This scares me. It shouldn't. Uh, number one, first movie you remember seeing in a movie theater? Um, uh, uh, Don't say Goonies. Well. <laughs> He saw a movie before you were 14. Come on. Oh, shoot. <laughs> You're like, uh, when in doubt, pratfall. <laughs> For those of you listening at home, I almost busted my ass. Um, first movie I remember, I mean, <laughs> I was going to say Goonies, but I would say um, uh, E.T., I think. Okay. I, I, can, I, 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 I don't know if that's, I think I, I just remember being in the theater and being very moved by that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, first, another Spielberg. Yeah, first and speaking of Spielberg, uh, the lens flares in Punch Drunk Love, mm. very Spielbergian mm-hmm. little trick there. Mm-hmm. You guys know what a lens flare is? No. Some of you. If you see Punch Drunk Love, all those moments where the light sort of bursts sideways uh, over the screen like a blue light will flash. That's a lens flare, Which and it's they- something you're not supposed. It's technically a mistake. 
but you can also use it as a technique. Which they try to use when you're trying to put together a family movie on iMovie on the Apple, but it's not as good. Oh, is there a, a thing? There's a title you can put of, like, Summer 2017 and has a lens flare, but not as good as PTA did it. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, first R-rated movie you saw um, okay. at all. All right. Um, uh, it was uh, Porky's. And um, my mom, this is a true story, rented it, not knowing, thought it was kind of a, I don't know if she thought it was Porky the Pig, but there was something she didn't think it was what it was. Yeah. And I remember watching it with my dad, and um, which was... For how long? A, until a, it was a joy. <laughs> and I remember him turning to me and saying, this is your first lesson on sex education. Really? And I was like thinking, I don't know if that's the best <laughs> tool. Um, but um, yeah. We're about yeah. The, we're, we're the same age. And I remember Porky's, um, especially as a little Baptist kid, it was. It was a lot. It was like the filthiest movie I'd ever heard of. Because oh. there were yeah, bo- yeah. all the body parts were in it. Yep. Uh, male and female, and you knew this as a kid, and, and, and around school people like, have you seen Porky's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, dumb movie, though. Like, have you? I have not have seen, seen it, it again. Since. No, don't bother. No, don't watch it with your daughter. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, number three, do you? Will you walk out of a bad movie? Uh, it would be hard, but I think I. If it, if it's something like that, I'm gonna bust again with doing this with my chair, but it's um. Uh, if it's if it's something like I don't like if somebody's like oh no 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 see this horror movie or see this thriller it's not that da 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 if it gets if I know this this is gonna stay with me then I will I will walk out because some people can see that stuff and be like oh wasn't that fun like say you're watching something about this guy like stalking somebody or something like that like and then they leave and they go what the, what's that fun wasn't that fun I leave and I'm like someone's after my family. Uh-huh. You know, like I gotta, I gotta take care of this, right? You know, so it does. It's I don't. It's I don't. It doesn't leave me. I will go home and be closing a blind and be like, he's gonna be on the opposite side of the window. So that's what would cause you to leave. Not that this is so bad that I can't watch it. No, I don't think I'd ever leave something if it was so bad. I would leave just because I know how it would affect me. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Like, did you guys like haunted houses as kids? Thank you. I don't get it. I don't get walking through an unknown space and people grabbing you. Well, and some of those now are uh, like you sign a release. They are so extreme. Why do they put themselves through that? I don't know. There's so much fear in the world. Why are you walking through that? Just watch CNN for an hour and you'll be as freaked out as possible. (laughs) Is anyone into that? Those really extreme haunted houses? People get rushed out of it. No judgment, but I don't get it. Say what, sir? So it's one. It's all right. For you can't hear that, but he said there was a girl who got kidnapped. It's one of those things where you sign up to get kidnapped. Guys, come on. Like, I mean, I'm serious. That's really. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if you guys knew abduction happens. Right. So why are we going to recreate it in a cute little house and pay money to go do it? I want. You know what? I want to pay ten bucks to be abducted. Yeah. I could binge Veep, or I could go get abducted and pay. For that. I really do not understand it at all. 
It's actually kind of makes me mad. Well, and it's also a little also, sad. Also, why do I want to sit in a dark room with a bunch of people and watch somebody like those Saw movies or whatever? Yeah. Because, by the way, there's people out there that do yeah. that shit. Or oh, who's going to sign up to watch Paranormal Activity? Nope. Right. That shit's real. I'm not playing with that stuff. Yeah. I'm not You're- sitting in a dark room and watching that. Here's a movie that will make you fear going to sleep in your own bed every yeah. night. No, yeah. I'm already freaked out. There's so, I think it's someone that signs up. And I've heard of those, sir, when, when you sign up for this thing where they literally kidnap you. Like, there's something. Hold. Just what? There's something going on. With, Wait, are you serious? No, no, no. It's a thing. No, you, you, you think we're all like. Uh, no, no, no. That's not what you're saying, though. You were saying it's in a haunted house, right? You've heard of, like, Escape the Room? Let me ask you something. Does this person know they're about to get kidnapped? Because you, like, surprise I a friend? I think you don't know when it's going to happen, though, right? Isn't it like... Like, for your birthday, I got you a gift. You're, you're going like, to be kidnapped. Sometime between June 3rd and 10th, you will be kidnapped. It's that kind of thing. What the fuck is wrong with these people? <laughs> oh. I mean, that is wrong. That's, that's coming from childhood trauma. There's something that happened well, that's that my point. Is, yeah, something is wrong with that person. Like, that they're reworking. They're trying to work something out. Yeah. That's the wrong way to work it out. Hire somebody to help you work out. Don't I hire know. him to kidnap you. And the dudes who think of that as a business, like, I got right? something, guys. <laughs> right? The ice cream truck's not working out, so... What if we kidnap people? God, that is really messed up. That is true. Yeah. Because uh, there's all those things now which I kind of like the um, where you go and you have to figure out the code and get to a different uh, yeah, room. Yeah, escape the room Escape things. room. I don't yeah, like the word escape, but I like, I like the idea of a puzzle and you do that. Puzzle rooms. Yeah, let's call it puzzle rooms. <laughs> let's call them crossword rooms. <laughs> but I think that's kind of fun. You're just talking about a retirement home now, yeah. I think. <laughs> but if these rooms are like well lit, yeah. You know. Clean. Clean, happy colors. Uh-huh. I'm all about that. Right. I don't want some goth escape room or something like that. We actually, Emily and I, uh, Janet Barney, who is one of the co-founders of Sketchfest, we did an escape room in Atlanta with her and a group of her castmates. From what State was the people. theme? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. What was it, Emily? Do you remember? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's like you're in a museum. And um, was there like spider webs in the museum? Is it like that no, kind of a museum? It was. It was pretty, pretty fun and like innocuous. Yeah, I, and I, I wasn't very good at it. Janet was on that shit. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, she well, there's the a charge. timer, right? You have to do it yeah, a certain, amount, a certain of amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's. I'm, there's ones I'm sure that are freaky, but then there's ones that I right. can do. Yeah. My friend and I were just too obsessed with making jokes the whole time. Yeah, and I think Janet got a little annoyed. <laughs> She's like, Chuck, can you know? Can, can you help? Can you, can you bring this in? While I would be going in the corner just crying. Right. <laughs> it's time to leave. <laughs> Tony, could you like help? No, because the shit's about to get real. <laughs> hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. 
You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without painful finger sticks. So you will always know which way your glucose is headed. An arrow shows you where you're heading, up, down, or steady. It can even alert you before you go too low or when you're too high. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM available, you can make better diabetes decisions about food, medication, and activity in the moment. And all those little decisions can lead to big results. Results you can see, like more time and range and lower A1C. With Dexcom G7, you can manage your diabetes with confidence. Get started with the number one recommended CGM brand by doctors and patients at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. All right, number four, uh, do you have a guilty pleasure movie that you go back to? And by guilty pleasure, some people don't have them, but usually that's a movie that kind of sucks, but you just will watch it no matter what. Yeah. I don't know if, I mean, this. I, I'm a huge sucker for Waiting for Guffman. But that There's, movie's great. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't suck. You're, are you saying it has to suck? Well, I mean, isn't that what a guilty pleasure is? Probably. Like, I oh, watch Sweet Home I'm learning a lot with today. Reese Witherspoon over and over. Uh, okay, not that. They're turning on you. I know, right? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm a very sensitive, fragile man, clearly. Um, I mean, I don't think it's bad, but I always, I've always liked Wizard of Oz. <laughs> All right. I know, guys. So Tony Hill doesn't know what a guilty pleasure is, everybody. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like oh the room I've seen the room I've only seen it once but I'd see that again was that the the, the, the lady that, and the, the kid no 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 God I will never see that you didn't see it at all I will never ever see that movie oh you mean the room the James oh, Franco oh my God yeah the room is tough damn it or a room I think is just the name of it they're in solitary confinement a mother and a son their whole lives right mm-hmm. and somebody oh what. Oh, that just, I lose breath thinking about one. that. Yeah. Man, the fact you're even saying that is <laughs> traumatic. Sorry. It really is awful. You're like, that's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> Immense pain. Because, by the way, guys, there have been people that have been trapped in basements <laughs> their whole lives, haven't seen light. That's kind of your Let's go-to. Let's do a movie about it. For Yeah, for anything bad, you're like, that happened. It did happen. <laughs> 
anyways, guilty pleasure, pleasure, guilty pleasure, um, a bad one because I don't want the audience turning on me. Uh, just name it. I'd say the room. Yeah, I'd say the room because I've I've seen it once and I'd see that again because it's kind of it's just funny. Uh, I would maybe old over the top musicals are kind of fun to watch where everything is just like, you know, right? It's like it's like really bad show choir on film. Uh huh. I got you. I would argue that all show choir is bad, but my wife would get angry because uh, are you going to turn on him? Because I might. <laughs> Emily grew up doing show choir. I was so. in studio singers in Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, okay, and there we, we go. did wear blue sparkly vests. <laughs> did you solo and stuff, or were you just part sell of the it? vests? No, solo. Yeah, did you sell the vests? <laughs> Maybe we had to make a buck because you, you could now. Um, no, did you have solos uh, performances, or were you just part of the uh, the big group? I, w- I would. It was like a group, and we had like an American. Americana theme where the blue sparkly vest but, but I never had a solo because I didn't have a very good voice okay but I was a good dancer really yeah Baptist kid if I were James Lipton I would make you dance right now but uh, I'm not going to do that no okay uh, and then finally movie going 101 what is your when you get out to the theater these days sort of what is your thing where do you sit by mm. popcorn what's your ritual uh, oh, I like popcorn. I like putting M and M's in my popcorn. Yes, peanuts. I like. Uh, I or like plain. just a plain because I, I I don't want any protein in my in my bag. <laughs> um, no, I like the salty sweet thing. Yeah. But I I sit on the end because I always I'm the guy that if I have to go to the bathroom I don't want to like get through people. So you sit on the aisle. Cut to tonight. I had to go to the bathroom three times before this right. night, as you know. Uh, I was told by someone who maybe even in this room there's an app now called. Go pee or something like that. What's it called? Run pee. Where if you you say what movie you're watching, they will tell you the best time to go and what has happened while you're gone. Isn't that great? It's great. But (laughs) if I had to go and I knew that I had to wait five minutes, I'm like, I'm gonna pee all over this. You know, it's I, I would my head would get like. I still got ten minutes before I can go to the bathroom. Well, I think you can do that too, though. If you just have to go, you can also say, "I'm going now," and they will tell you what's happening. Oh, happened. I see. Okay. However, how do they handle that with people getting so pissed with someone turning their phone on to look at a just just pee app? That's a good point. <laughs> and like that's, that's point. on. They'll lose just pee. Right. It's like, well, I'm in the story, man. I don't care about your your screen. Right. Is there a poop version too? <laughs> do you guys watch Black Mirror? Yeah. I, I haven't don't, seen the I new don't. one yet, but. Uh, <laughs> Because that shit happens. <laughs> well, but uh, there is one episode because my buddy's in it uh, that's in the new season, but they're in space. I haven't yeah. seen the new season yet. Um, so I'm excited watching it, but I'm a little like, because I've heard it's really intense. The reason I thought about this, this is where my mind's going, is because the black mirror on the phone. And guys, I'm tangent man. <laughs> but I've heard that episode is not, it's intense, but maybe not as intense. Right? Has anybody seen it? Okay. Okay. Thank is it, you. Is it Tony Hale safe? Is it Bambi? <laughs> it's funny because you there's a little bit of uh, of Gary in you, isn't there? A lot. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it, I think the I've dealt with anxiety uh-huh. most of my life. <laughs> clearly, let's stick it. Let's the whole audience that. is like, really? <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's cool. I was talking to my wife about this. Like, whatever you deal with in life, it's cool how it's worked into uh-huh. you. You're, it's worked into my career. I, I do it well. Is that how that like? How does that work when I you do get... emasculation really well? 
But is that is that serendipity, or do I guess an agent says like, oh, you'd kind of be good as this because you're sort of like that? Uh, or no, does it just I work mean, out that way? I you think bring it just kind of. Well, I remember. Uh, I, well, I had been doing commercials a long time in New York, mm-hmm. and I was always the guy that was kind of not all there, and so I would like wide eyes and nervous. And then this arrested audition came around, and Buster was kind of explained as a man child. And this, I guess this one lady was like, Tony Hale would be good for this. Um, but I went in and I auditioned for it in New York. And I remember Mitch saying that because um, Buster massaged people a lot, he massaged people. And I guess in the script it said I started massaging someone. So I started massaging my knees, but the audition cut off here, so he didn't know what was happening down uh-huh. here. And he was like, and I was intrigued. What is he doing down there? But not in a weird way. He was like, he was like, what? So, uh, anyways, and then, so I, they were interested in me. So I, I've got flown out there. That's awesome. Uh, all right, I think we can take some questions. What time is it? Do you have fifteen minutes? Yeah, sure. All right, uh, you don't have to go to the mic. I'll just repeat the question for when we release this. So ask me and ask me whatever. Clearly, I'm an yeah. overshare. Anything, uh, anything about Entirely anything? Too vulnerable. It's all on the table. Uh, anyone got anything in the back there? Hello, ma'am. Hi, Tony. What character? If you could play any character in any movie, what would it be? What would Tony play in any movie? Is this historically or in the future? Whatever you want. There's a couple. Um, I see more in Little Shop of Horrors. I would love to do. I think I'm too old for it now. And or uh, uh, Sam in uh, Lord of the Rings. Huh. <laughs> I appreciated his bond to Frodo. I think he was a very good friend. That's great. Yeah, thank you. I don't know, there was just like a real brotherly, let's do this together. And I mean, I'd li- I think that would be cool. And his job was to worry. And his job was to worry. Good, good point. point. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm the master at. That's oh, so I, true. It was funny, we were... Backstage, and five minutes into a conversation, he went, "Do you have asthma?" I, know. I went, "Not really." I was like, "Why?" He's like, "I just thought I heard you wheezing." And uh... <laughs> I did. And I told him I have my inhaler if you right. need it. <laughs> it's uh, my, it drives my wife crazy because we at restaurants. If and I still to this day don't understand it, but I have a hard time not. If someone's too close to me, I'll hear their issues or I'll hear their conversations. <laughs> And so, and like if there's a first date here and someone's having a fight here, I'll find myself like, should I make it better? (laughs) (laughs) But I don't understand in restaurants why people are that close to people and unveiling such intense things. Yeah. I hear your trauma. Like, I'm right here. Do you want me to do something about it? Right. (laughs) So to cry for help? Yeah. And then you, like, people with maybe voice modulation issues, and you're like, all right, that's tough. But I don't think you wanted to tell me that. You know? Emily and I went to a wine bar last night, and there was uh, this really cozy booth that this couple was leaving. And she was like, I'm not sitting in there. It's like, why? She was like, did you hear them on the way out? They were fighting. And she was like, oh, I just can't believe you. Like, why do you want to fucking do this? And she's like, Mm-mm, unless we sage that, I'm not going in there. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Do you? And it doesn't even. You don't even notice. That's like my. I didn't my wife hear. Does, yeah, my wife does. She has that gift where it just does not even doesn't even hear it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I know everything in this room right here. <laughs> Let's talk. Give me a glass of red wine, and we're gonna get into it. <laughs> uh, questions? Anyone? 
Ma'am, right there. Day in the life of a set of Arrested Development. Oh, man. Um, it's, uh, I mean, it's, I can only speak because we just, we, this past week we, we were doing it, and it's, he, Mitch is so, um, you know, I think many times in scripts or stories you kind of have an idea of where something is going, and you're like, oh, I can have a, there's so much surprise. Like, he'll just come up to you and be like, let's try this, or what about this, and it's just you're constantly wondering what's going to happen and so it's both exciting and like you kind of got to you got to be ready um but it's everybody's really lovely and will arnett's one of the funniest men out there he's just constantly has a great joke and um i don't just alia shawcott who plays maybe and michael sarah i mean when we started they were 14 15 yeah they were kids now she's 28 years old crazy and so, I don't know, it's just you, we've just like a, we've been together for so, all of us together so long. It's just kind of, we've had babies and marriages and it's really wild. That's so cool. But nothing beats the catering. No. Uh, <laughs> well, and to come back together. I do love free after, food. <laughs> it just tastes better. After the show going away and coming back together, it's, it must be really nice. Like a it family is nice. reunion. And, and I have to admit, when, when, when Netflix first brought us back, I was concerned. <laughs> Go figure. That, um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of expectation into the show, and I didn't know if we could, uh, if I could if bring Buster back the way somebody wanted to come back. Right. But I will say once Luce, once Jessica Walter oh, said, who plays Lucille, said Buster to me. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a Pavlovian. <laughs> yes, mother. <laughs> And we did this scene last season where she's on, uh, what is it called, when you have to stay home because you're arrested. Um, house arrest? Yes, house arrest. <laughs> you know, you have to stay in your yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, ho- she's under house arrest, and, uh, and she can't smoke. And so I, as Buster, as the co-defendant child, have to inhale the smoke out of her mouth and then run outside and blow it out. And as an asthmatic, that was a fun day. I was like, and then I was like, (laughs) one of my favorite lines from that show was when uh, she said, uh, I'll be in the hospital bar. You know, mom, bars don't have hospitals. Well, no wonder no one likes hospitals. (laughs) Just the notion of how, like, clueless she is. I'll be in the hospital bar. That reminds me of the doctor who is just so funny when my hand comes off and he's like, um, just like, how is he? And he's like, he's like, he's okay. And they're like, oh, and he's like, he's okay, but he's lost a hand. But he's okay. Right. <laughs> or something like that. He's all right. He's all right. Yeah. That's right. Oh, that's Damn right. It. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Sorry. I need to watch the show. <laughs> it's such a dumb joke. It's great. People come up to me so many times and they, you know, have, have these stories that, that they've loved unarrested, and I don't remember much, sure. clearly. And I'm like, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry for bringing this. And I was like, no, tell me more, because that's hilarious. I totally forgot about that. Uh-huh. And there's so many things that I missed. Like, oh, you, wasn't that funny how this and this? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But that sounds super smart. That was very funny, though. And the doctor comes in and says, he's okay. Like, <laughs> get it, everybody? I'm sorry. That actually might have been the first time I got that when she just said that. Yeah. <laughs> that's how checked out I am. For the catering. Please. Yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> they do this the tri-tip. The food is amazing. Really. I just love free food. I really do. 
Uh, hint, next? hint. Bar. <laughs> Just kidding. You might have a potato skin coming oh, your way. Oh, man. So. Yes, ma'am. Um, great question. So you're asking if I've ever met somebody uh, from Punch Drunk Love. I've met Adam Sandler, but we never talked. Um, and I, I <laughs> just did a, a mime routine. <laughs> no, I apologize. I was at a restaurant and I was just introduced to him, to him and I said hi, hi. But we right. never like had a talk. Sure. <laughs> we met and just stared into each other's eyes, but there was no communication. <laughs> Very weird. No, but I recently met Paul Thomas Anderson because oh, we wow. were touring um, schools for my daughter, and he, I think him and his wife were bringing the touring of school. They were there, and we just shook hands. And I got—I didn't say anything, but it's that moment where you're like, "Keep it together, <laughs> just keep it together." But he was very nice, and yeah. Do your kids go to the same school or no? No, because we're kind of looking for—we were kind of both positioned looking for schools for gotcha. our daughter. That's how people meet in L.A. That's the reality of it. Yeah. It's like you meet at the – I remember I met Tim Curry at the vet one time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just – they're everywhere. They're yeah. just like us. <laughs> Your next podcast. <laughs> uh, who's next? I think we have time for a few more. Yes, ma'am, right here. Question: Has anyone surprised me with their favorite movie on Movie Crush? Um, no, because you never know what someone's going to say. Um, some of them have made total sense, like Kyle Kinane with Big Trouble in Little China. As soon as he said that, I was like, well, of course, that's Kyle Kinane's favorite movie. Um, yeah, n- no surprises yet. I always find it's interesting, and it's kind of the whole reason I started doing this was sort of the... Not just like, oh, what's your favorite movie and let's talk about it, but sort of the underbelly of that, which is why – and actually, that's a good question. Like, what is it about Punch Drunk Love for you specifically? Um, I think without getting too intense, I think uh, being a spiritual person, like, mm-hmm. I think the my love for God, how it kind of strengthens me. And I think there was something just seeing the, his love come into his life – it like completely changed him. Right. But it was done in not a cheesy Christian film way. Right. You know, it was, it was like powerful and beautiful and artistic and right. And I've just never forgotten it. Yeah. It wasn't a Kirk Cameron movie. In other words, it was not, (laughs) but it was just, but it was wherever somebody is just that, how that unknown can, there's no formula to it. Right. And it just completely can change your life. And, it, yeah. and I think we live wanting to have a formula, and there's just not a formula sometimes. Yeah, and Barry is like angry as he was. His heart was open, as it turns yeah, out. And I think everybody's. I mean, there is that that can happen yeah. to everybody. Uh, who's next? Back to, way back in the back, sir. Tony, who's your celebrity crush? Celebrity crush. Past, past or, present. or present. Man, I would say uh, Tim Conway on Carol Burnett Show. Uh <laughs> I just, uh, him and Carol Burnett. Yep. I think there was a, and I would also throw Bob Newhart into that. Like, I think, uh, he, when I grew up, what him and Bob Newhart and Carol Burnett were doing, I, I was just so amazed by it. And specifically Bob and, uh, Tim Connery because they never pushed the comedy. They would. There was that one scene when Tim Conway would walk across the stage as an old man. Mr. Tudball? Yeah. And he was not really doing much, but it was so funny, and it was such a controlled 
thing and he could do the smallest thing and it was just hilarious and it wasn't just like winking at the audience he just trusted he trusted that the circumstances were crazy enough that he could just sit in that tension and it would be funny rather than constantly pushing it yeah that was uh carol burnett show was huge in my house Uh, and i remember being like 10 years old and nothing funnier in the world to me was when tim conway would crack up harvey Harvey Corman. i know and I want more of that. Yeah. And everybody on SNL, I know they get a bad, like, kind of maybe look down upon when they start laughing. Man, I it's rewind that stuff constantly. Do you, has anybody seen the um, when they went to Disney, Lindsay Lohan was hosting, Debbie Downer, and they all crack up? I must, I've probably watched that a thousand times. I, there needs to be more bloopers on yeah. live shows. And, like, just that, it's because it's that humanity. And honestly, why I don't, I don't really watch Arrested, clearly. Much or Veep much, but I'll tell you what I watch is the gag reel that they always give us. Oh yeah, I watch that stuff over and over because that's the life that I remember. Is yeah, because I'm the one that breaks the most. And um, and Julia actually said to me once, she said, Tony, we were in a scene and I couldn't keep it together, and I was laughing, and she turned to me and she says, Tony, you know you're not watching the show, you're in the show. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, but it's a funny show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I just I love that I love it. We need more of it. Agreed. That's the best. I think we got some room for a couple of more. Yes, ma'am. Question is, will I ever do an episode of my? I, know, I was about movie? to ask that. What yours is? Oh well, I know it's, 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 it's a lot. troubling because it, it used to be a certain Woody Allen movie that it's you can't kind of really do that anymore. Mm. <laughs> so I've had to kind of push that to the side. Um, Jaws is actually one of, if not my favorites, and I've already covered that with another guest. No. Because that shit happens. It does. No. Funny you mention that. Because uh-huh. every time I'm in the ocean, I think about Do it. Do you really? Still? Yeah. Does anybody else? I hear the music. I remember being on this retreat with um, my friend uh, somewhere at the beach. And we were uh, we were in this like catamaran this catamaran thing, but anyways, it caps it fell over, and we were in the water. And I had eczema as a kid, <laughs> open sores. So I was like, I'm floating calamari for like <laughs> for whatever, just come at me. Yeah. I heard the music. I saw the image of the shark underneath the body on the yep. top of the water. I was like, right here, you know. You were chum. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> It uh, <laughs> was a rough one. Uh, I can't believe I sat through that. I did, but I was, we were kids. Yeah, I probably went with some friends and thought, "Oh, this is cool," and then it just traumatized me for life. Yeah, like, I can't leave. Mm-mm. I Something. love that. Before I was talking about the ocean being this peaceful place. Right. <laughs> well, that ruined people it. die. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got one more. Yes, sir. Right up front. Uh, so you told us some of your phobias. What's your greatest phobia? Oh man, greatest phobia, of Tony. Oh, good last question. <laughs> Greatest phobia? I would say probably uh, heights. There's something about heights that just we 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 went to this family camp this past summer and we did a ropes course. Uh-huh. And my daughter is just free and da 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 da. Man, I yeah. was it was hard. <laughs> it was hard because one click and but it's I don't know. There's just something about it. I want I want her freedom, but I, there's it just terrifies me. Did you feel like you had to? Uh-huh. Hide that from her, your fear. Um. Oh yeah. Well, and but be then brave, it stopped. Dad. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be brave, and then I got up there, and I was like, 
Yeah, shit's got real. Uh-huh. I, I got I got to be honest about this. But you know, I don't know what it is when you um it's like you know when you're on a balcony and I don't the thing is I'm not I I I'm not this is going to sound dark but it's that thing of I I don't want to jump but I'm afraid I'm going to jump. We've talked it's there's a French expression for that. I can't remember it but we've talked about that on stuff you should know before. Driving off the cliff or jumping off the building, it's a thing. I don't want to be given the choice. Right. You know, and it's like, again, not suicidal, love my life. Mm-hmm. But there's something about if given the choice, I don't want to be given the choice. Right. Because I'm worried what my body might be like. <laughs> right. And then on the way down, you're like, wrong choice. Wrong choice. <laughs> Damn it, why didn't someone stop me? Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Tony Thank you, Hale. Guys. Thank you for coming. Oh, man, oh, man, did I have fun doing that one. It was so much fun being on stage with Tony and getting that feedback from the from the listening audience there, uh, that live audience. It's just there's nothing like it, and I look to do more of these in the future. It would be so much fun, uh, if um, even if I can get 100 people in a room in any given city. It's, it's well worth it for me and a lot of fun. So uh, thanks to Tony. It was great hearing him talk about Punch Drunk Love and for everyone to get him uh, to know him a little better as Tony Hale and not Buster Bluth or Gary from Veep, uh, two great, great all-time movie uh, TV characters. And uh, Tony's just such a good guy. So uh, thanks to Tony Hale. Thanks to everyone who came out. And thank you all for listening. And until next week, take off that 10-gallon hat, Mr. Cowboy, because I cannot see the movie screen. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.